Thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Freed Thinker Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Tyler Vela. In this episode, we will continue with part two of an interview I did with atheist, blogger, historian, mythicist, buster, and all-around curmudgeon Tim O'Neill. Tim is the author of History versus the Da Vinci Code website and the History for Atheists blog. And today we will pick up on the discussion that I had with him as we transition to the question of Jesus mythicism. Now, for those of you who enjoyed this episode and would like more like it, please consider becoming a sponsor on Patreon or by sponsoring us by following the Become a Sponsor Podbean link in the blog. Also, if you like our show, why not head over to the Christus Victor Network and check out some of the other great podcasts that are on offer there. With that, let's pick up where we left off in my discussion with Tim in this episode on history for atheists and the rest of us. Enjoy the show. move on to the to the next topic because um, I want to make sure we have um, uh, ample time for it um, Jesus mythicism um, yeah all right. thank, my, my thank, favorite you, th- thank you very much have a good night uh, no uh, so st- what what is uh, Jesus mythicism for those who are listening um, and um, let, let, let's just start off with kind of kind of what it is what are some of the different uh, flavors of it, and maybe um, who are just a couple of the, um, the the major proponents, kind of in the in the genealogy of mythicists. Sure. So the what it is, um, it's it's the the idea that um, that not only was Jesus not uh, what Christianity claims he he was, and that's God in human form, the second person of the Trinity. Uh, and and basically God Himself come come to Earth, um, but he, he actually didn't exist at all. So there was no historical Jesus. So as I mentioned at the beginning when I was talking about my background, I did a, did a lot of research earlier earlier in my life uh, on on who Jesus was, and and that included the question of did he exist at all. By the way, I did actually look at that back then, but um, I came to the conclusion that that yeah, there was a historical Jesus but he just wasn't what Christianity claims he, he was. Um, but what the Jesus mythos or Jesus mythicists say is that there was no historical Jesus at all. He was a purely mythic being uh, who got historicized in some way. So they, they, became, uh, they, they, they came to the conclusion that not only did this guy exist up in the heavens, but he actually had a historical uh, existence as well, but that that wasn't true, and that and 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 actually the, he was a figment of everyone's imagination. 
So that means that there is a variety of different types of of Jesus' myth um, belief. Uh, there's one that we mentioned briefly before, which is the you know the Jesus equals Horus, uh, Jesus equals Mithras um, type of, of of what I call the New Age mythicists, and these are people who are largely motivated by the fact that they they have a a, a grab bag of esoteric beliefs, maybe neo pagan or, uh, or or other sort of mystical New Age style beliefs. Um, and they, they kind of like the idea that Jesus didn't exist because he was actually just an amalgam of earlier myths. And so they like to say, well, here's a myth about Horus. It's a bit like this story about Jesus. Therefore, Jesus is just Horus by another name. Here's a myth about Mithras. That's a bit like this myth about, you know, this story about Jesus. Therefore, again, Jesus is just like an amalgam of a whole lot of these earlier mythic beings, and he's he's uh, the, the same as everyone else. He's the same as all these ancient ancient gods, and and so your claims about Jesus being a historical person, therefore your claims about any theological claims about that historical person have no foundation. Yep. So they're they're the new age uh, style of mythicists. The the. That style of mythicist is usually not terribly popular amongst my new atheist friends um, because uh, they, they tend to find it kind of a bit fluffy-brained and annoying. Um, but they tend to be much more... <laughs> that, one I, that one I find a lot, actually, among... Um, it, it, I, I'm not sure maybe Do if it, it doesn't bubble up to, to your circles, but I was going to say I, I actually find a lot of um, atheists who will... Um, who they even if they're not like advocating it um, in their in their videos or in their comments, they'll just kind of say in passing, um, "Oh, well, you know the 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 virgin birth birth was uh, borrowed from the myth of Romulus." Oh, true. Um, true. And, and it, so it might yeah, not be true, as well true. thought out, but it'll just it'll kind of be like tossed out, like it's a it, it's just kind of a meme that they've imbibed and and uh, and and just incorporated into their into their. Uh, quiver of arrows i guess yeah um you know you're right i was thinking more about the the uh the new atheists who actually actively advocate the idea that there was no historical jesus um so people like like uh david fitzgerald who we mentioned before or richard carrier or any of those guys um they actually regard the new age mythicists with with great a great deal of contempt um, and in fact, Richard Carrier uh, gets very angry about being lumped in with them and says, you know, we're nothing like those people and, and so on, which what, I, I find kind of amusing. What do you do with people like Robert Price then, who's, um, who's a mythicist, um, but, but has uh, quite a bit of praise for people like um, Dean Murdoch? Yeah, um, Price is is a, is a is a maverick in every possible way. And he's been sort of like the – because he, he's one of the few – uh, of the of the mythicists who actually has any kind of uh, academic qualifications at all, he actually does have a a doctorate in New Testament studies, um, but he's been kind of the crazy uncle of New New Testament studies for many years. Yeah. Uh, so there 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 are very few sort of slightly wacko ideas that that um, uh, Bob Price doesn't doesn't have at some regard for. I, th- I think he does sort of fall into the category I was talking about before of people who are just. Um, natural contrarians, <clears throat> and he he really likes um, the the idea that that everyone else thinks he's wrong. Um, but yeah, I've read his his stuff where he he's actually quite happy about so called Acharya S or Dorothy, the late Dorothy Murdoch, and uh, he he seems to quite like that. 
you got to remember um, Bob Price's other hobby is uh, he's a he's a great um, scholar of of H.P. Lovecraft. Um, so the the early twentieth century horror writer who, who created his own mythos of of um, ancient ancient uh, mystical gods. So who knows? Maybe maybe his uh, his two interests are overlapping a little bit there, which is why he has a bit more affection for the New Age mythicists than uh, than than some of his his compatriots. But he, he's more in the other camp, which is the uh, the 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 more sort of historical studies mythicists who who really try to unlike the new ages really try to actually play the game of of proper historiography and and just argue that every single other scholar on the planet with the exception of the two or three that agree with them are completely wrong on on the question of jesus so this is where we find our friend uh, richard carrier and this is where we find um his his various acolytes Raphael Tastor and and um, and uh, david fitzgerald I find that these guys are, tend to be much more influential on uh, new atheists who who have, who have done just a little bit of reading, um, just enough to get themselves sort of in, in trouble. So they they tend to be because because they they really do play the game of you know let's analyze the evidence, let's see where this you know where this goes, let's look at the linguistics, let's look at the context and so on. So to someone who who doesn't really understand the uh, the topic terribly well? It really looks as though they're very they're being very impressive. And Richard Carrier has a PhD. I don't know if you're aware of that. Yeah. If you aren't aware of that, he, he will he will tell you um, at length. <laughs> it it was it, it was an ancient uh, classics. It, it was, uh, it's ancient history. No, don't yeah. say classics. He gets very annoyed. He gets very annoyed at many things, yeah, but yeah, he doesn't like being told it's a classic. Yes, very easily. Yeah, he he, get, he gets annoyed when people won't date him um, <laughs> um so 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 richard carrier mm. right because because we can i mean we could talk about the you know the dm murdochs and the zeitgeist and 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 really you know i, I think that those ones are so 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 bizarre and so mistaken that um you, you don't really even need to be an expert um to to kind of to kind of debunk them um, that much the instant you say you you compare sun and sun as a homonym uh, ignoring that that only happens in english yeah. um you know th- things like that yeah. but but we do we do have I, I think that while i think richard carrier I, I think richard carrier is probably one of the best um yeah. and what but while i disagree with him um i still think he he makes the most sincere attempt even even when compared i mean uh, David Fitzgerald, I think um, I, I your your tagline for it. Um, what would you give? It? You gave it a zero out of five. I'm trying to find it. I had it up here a second ago. Zero, uh, I think what I said was a, was a, a, a tragic a waste, waste of, of probably rather trees. nice trees. Yeah, um, yeah I, which yeah. I agree. I mean, I, I read through nailed and just. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know why I do that to myself. Um, but Richard Carrier, right? I mean, for for a long time, we used to be able to say, "Look, you know, the theory couldn't even pass peer review, couldn't pass mm. academic review. You had no one." Um, Richard Carrier finally gets something published that passes review. Um, mm. I typically point out, "Look, the only way he got it to pass review was to water down his thesis so drastically um, from what he used to say that it was uh, that that's the only way it would pass." Um, but uh, what what kind of makes um, Carrier different than the rest of them? 
Uh, well, there's several things. First of all, um, you know, people like like uh, like David Fitzgerald. He, he's not not the brightest bulb on the Christmas tree. He thinks he is, but he's not actually terribly smart. Um, Richard Carrier is. Richard Carrier is a, is a very intelligent guy, and I'd be the first to to say that to anyone. Anyone who thinks that he, he's, he's stupid or, or whatever, they'd just be completely wrong. Um, he's also extremely well trained he has a, a phd from columbia and and that's you know, that that's a good school and and, yep. a, and an extremely good history course and he uh he he knows his stuff he has uh, he has the linguistic some of the linguistic he doesn't have, doesn't have any of the semitic languages but he, he certainly has a good grasp of, of greek um and i believe latin um so so unlike most of these these clowns and and certainly the new age and we are definitely dealing with with comedy um, he, he, he is the real deal when it comes to qualifications, background, training. My problem with Carrier is that Carrier is an ideologue. Um, and, and he's also another one of these people who, who really gets a lot of psychological uh, stimulation from everyone else telling him that he's wrong. It, it just makes him feel feel great because he just uh, he, he's a narcissist he, he, he definitely believes that he is one of the greatest intellects that has ever bestrode the earth um, so as a result he he, um, he does terrible things to history because uh, he, he's good at taking an argument a bad argument and arguing it well uh, and and lot, there are there are great debaters who can do this. I mean, I, I've done it. I, I used to do debating at at, uh, at school and at university. And you could give me any topic, and I could get up and make a very persuasive argument and win debates, even though what I was, I was arguing was at one wrong and two the opposite of what I believed. Um, so some people can, can do that. Carrier doesn't do it deliberately. Carrier is, but Carrier is. Very much an ideologue. He 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 um, he hates religion and he hates Christianity yeah. with a passion, and it warps his view of history. And so, if the, I, I don't think there is a, a single piece of of uh, of anti-Christian pseudo history that I haven't seen Richard Carrier defend at some point. You know, the, the conflict thesis. He's found a way to defend that. Uh, Christianity causing the Dark Ages. He's found a way to defend that. Um, the rise of science. He's found a way to 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 argue that that there was no science in the Middle Ages at all, mainly by relabeling half of the Middle Ages the Renaissance, and then presto, there's no science <laughs> in the Middle Ages anymore. Uh, but he he seems to think stuff like that makes sense. And and this is this is something I remember my my uh, history lecturer in, in in first year university, very early on in my as an undergraduate impressed upon me. He said the very worst people. The people who make the very worst historians are uh, people with an agenda. Now he was talking about Marxists because this was back in the eighties when they were kind of they still existed. But he was saying you know, this is the problem with Marxist history. They they start with the ideology and then they they cram the the evidence into the ideology and then out of the sausage machine of Marxist historiography comes these these nice little Marxist packages of of history which are complete garbage. But seem to make sense because because they're they're good at packaging it up he's sort of doing the same thing with with his new atheist ideology and his anti anti-christian polemic he's taking taking uh chunks of history putting it into his sausage machine and then out the other end comes the, these things which look like real history but are actually garbage uh, you've talked about the fact that he's got stuff through peer review i disagree with you that he had to water his thesis down i think he had to temper his language because he is um, shall we say intemperate uh, in 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 the way in which he writes about other historians and other scholars, 
Um, for example, there's a, a list somewhere of people that Richard Carrier has declared insane, um, and they, they include some quite prominent scholars. But as far as Carrier is concerned, they're just simply mad. They, they couldn't possibly be sane because they disagree with him. Um, but I, I think with, with his book on the historicity of Jesus, which, which did pass peer review and was published by a, a small uh, academic press, um, I don't think he really tempered his, his thesis down. I think he just sort of moderated his tone. Um, but but a lot of a lot of his his acolytes say to me, how can you disagree with Richard Carrier? His book was peer reviewed, which I find a very strange argument because the book of the books of the ninety nine point nine percent of other scholars who think he's wrong were also peer reviewed. So peer review doesn't mean uh, true. Right. Peer review isn't some kind of magical touch, touchstone of of, of absolute truth. It simply means you've made a cogent and coherent argument. Which, can, which you've sustained and you've supported by reference to to um, uh, to, to proper scholarship, and you, you you know your stuff. You haven't made major errors in your translations of texts and so on. That's all it means. Now, I, I actually think it's a good thing that Carrier has got that book out. And he's also published a, a few articles which support his his idea as well. So he's published articles on uh, the second of Josephus's references to Jesus, saying surprise, surprise, that it's a fake. Um, the same on on Tacitus's reference to Jesus, saying surprise, surprise, that that's fake as well. Now these have passed peer review. Does that mean they're right? No, but I think it's a, it's a good thing that he's got this stuff published because this means no longer can mythicists say. Oh well, the only reason we're rejected by by the the rest of the academy is that they won't publish our stuff. It's it's all a big conspiracy. Right. You know, they they can't say that anymore because here's a book and three articles by the only mythicist who actually has the qualifications to be publishing this stuff. He's got a, he's got it out there, and everyone still thinks it's nonsense. Uh, if you look at at citations of his articles, um, there are none. Uh, if you look at uh, if you look at um, academic reviews of his book, which has been out for over two years now, uh, there's one, and it's by Raphael Latasta, who's um, his, his Richard Carrier's acolyte, and it's basically a little more than a blurb saying this is a wonderful book and I really like Richard Carrier and he's my friend. Um, that's it. That's the only ac- Seriously, that is the only academic uh, review. Now, for your listeners who might not understand what that means, what does he mean? There's no citations, there's no academic reviews. It means people have looked at this stuff and just gone, well, that's crap. Yeah. Well, they, haven't, they haven't cited it in their own work. Uh, they haven't bothered to even re- do an academic review of, of, in a journal of, of the book saying, here's what I think is its strengths and weaknesses. It's just vanished without trace. So here's Richard Carrier, a failed academic. He never managed to, to actually get a, his, his academic career off the ground, um, who has published, you know, to his credit, has published some stuff. Um, it's failed as well. Uh, effectively, the, the, the thesis is dead. Unless someone else comes along with a better argument for it than Carrier has come up with, and I can't see how that would happen. Uh, effectively, as far as the academy is concerned, it's dead. All they can fall back on now is more conspiracy theories. Oh, it's been ignored because because they're they're all uh, you know they're all secretly Christians, which is ridiculous. You know, Bart Ehrman is not a Christian. You know, Geza Vermes was not a Christian. Paula Fredrickson is not a Christian. I could rattle off many many names of scholars in the in the field of New Testament studies and other and associated areas who are Jews, atheists, agnostics, and they all think this stuff is junk. So one of one of my questions then kind of kind of wrapping this up is um what's what's the takeaway what's the application I mean how do we 
uh, I'm trying to form this question as I go. So, so if, if, <laughs> if, if, if I'm, if I'm kind of wanting to look for sources and, and I wanting to, um, to educate myself and, 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 and to, to defend a view against, you know, an opponent, let's say, let's say it's on evolution. Yep. Uh, I, I wouldn't cite Ken Ham. No. Right? Um, but but even for me, I wouldn't feel comfortable citing someone who even sees Ken Ham as an expert that they should cite, right? There, there's almost yeah. like some degrees of separation that I need from from that person before I would even feel comfortable, uh, you know, uh, having that person be someone that I would read their book and and, and stuff like that. I, I, what I'm finding in kind of the broader quote unquote skeptical movement. Um, is that a lot of you, not not only is is Carrier have have a big following among a I mean he has no following among among the academic world but but you know I think you could go to an atheistic convention and and not have to you know throw a stone in a couple inches before you hit someone who um, is at least uh, maybe not endorsing of his view but at least you know favorable to it. Um, yeah. Same, same with kind of the the zeitgeistian. Uh, I, I you just you you just don't have to you know you could you could spit a couple inches and you'd hit someone who, who yeah. who's favorable to it. Um, and not only that, but but um, when when the major proponents, you know, people like Richard Dawkins, who by all accounts is an excellent uh, zoologist. He's you know he's he's very good in his field. But when he, he you know when when he or, or or you know Jerry Coyne or they get in these areas. They they make statements and they and they get a free pass and and one of the reasons why I want to have you and I'm having some other um, atheists on the show is is um, to to kind of ask the question you know there's no doctrine there's no creed so you know you can't you can't have you know orthodoxy boundaries but but at one sense I just want to ask like who's who's policing the movement like who's who's holding it accountable at, at some level like at, uh, at what um, point do yeah, we say yeah. Dawkins thanks but but stop doing that <laughs> yeah well well I suppose a couple a couple of comments there first of all there isn't really a movement you know it, it's not it's not like there's there's an organization it's really just sort of a, a kind of a conglomeration of like-minded people who uh, who, who who agree on one thing? There is no God, or and 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 then agree on a few other things associated with that, and then it then it kind of gets fuzzier and fuzzier the further out from those core ideas that you that you get. So no one's policing it because there isn't really a movement. But I know what you're saying. Um, do you, do you think and, that there's not the, a movement if we're if we're if there's kind of like I mean there's there's almost like uh, there's almost like a shared language. There's there's common cliches. There's you know meetings and conferences and and. Uh, you know, I mean, there, there's you'd, movement. You'd, you'd probably, yeah, you'd probably have to have to get a sociologist on the show to talk yeah, about whether whether or not it's a movement. But I suppose I'm, 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 I'm when I think of a movement, I think of you know, there, there's there's kind of there's a structure and there's an organisation and there's leaders and there's frameworks and there's branches and so on. That, that's just not the case. Fair so that, that's, I suppose that's what I'm saying. But uh, who's policing it? Well, um, I suppose I, 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 about a year or so ago, I had. Uh, a, an exchange with with some new atheists and who were who were um, most of whom were disagreeing with me. One of them though was agreeing with me on the whole, but he was saying, "Yeah, but he said, why do you keep getting st- getting getting stuck into us? Why do you keep like tackling us over this stuff? Why aren't you always attacking Christians as well?" And I said, "Well, first of all, sometimes I do, but secondly, the main reason why I spend more time." Uh, debunking new atheist history than I spend debunking, say, Christian pseudo-history 
um, and there's plenty of that, oh, yeah. is that there are, plenty of, there are plenty of other people who are already debunking Christian pseudo-history. Um, there are heaps of them. And, 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 but I don't know of anyone else on my side of the fence who is actually turning to my people and saying, guys, that's wrong. You can't just say that and, and, and not back it up with facts because actually here's the, the evidence and that shows that what you're saying is wrong or it's oversimplified or, or it's a cliche or it's, or it's a, a myth from the 19th century or something else. So, so who's policing in there? No one really. But I, I suppose what I'd say to, um, uh, first of all, to my fellow atheists, but, but also to your listeners and to, and to Christians as well, I'd go right back to that question that I, I asked myself when I was 16. How do you know? And, and I, I, I suppose being a real skeptic, um, what I tend to do is I tend to, if I read a book and I think, okay, that's a really good perspective on, say, I've been doing a lot of reading on Kepler lately. That's a really good perspective on Kepler. I'll now go and read another book on Kepler and get another perspective because I want to know, you know both get both views and then trace it back to where they got their information from. And that's, that's what scepticism is. It, it's really about sort of trying to get to the bottom. It's about questioning. It's about asking, how do we know? How can we know? So um, who's policing the movement? Yeah, probably not enough people. And I think part of the problem is that the people who, who actually are active in it are so emotionally invested in it that they aren't actually thinking terribly rationally about it. And I keep coming back to this point, but um, that's rather ironic. I agree, and it goes back to you know what we what we said kind of at the beginning, and and with with how Jerry Cohen would freak out if a non-expert came in, you know, there's there's kind of the the uh, among the atheist um, uh, you know memes or rhetoric or whatever. There's the you know the the I don't know is when you don't know is one of the most humble positions you can take, and I just I I, I wish that they would they that they would hold that. <laughs> And actually follow that. I mean, there, there's a certain point, you know, I, I gave the example of if I was going to talk to someone about evolution, I just don't because I, I don't know enough about it. I don't have time to study it. I don't, I, I, it's just not on my field of radar. I don't, you know, I, I just, I don't say it's true. I don't say it's false. I just, I just, mm. I have, I have so little education on that specific topic that, that I, I just, I don't know. And I'm not going to go and tell someone you're stupid, you're wrong, or, you know, you, you're, you know, you're whatever. Um, I'm just going to say, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, yep. yep. It's, it's very wise. I, I mean, I, I was talking to, I had lunch with a friend yesterday and we were talking about what we we're going to be doing on the weekend. And I mentioned that I was going to be having this conversation with you. And he said, uh, he said, so that's a Christian pod- podcast. And I said, yeah. He said, do you ever get invited to do this stuff on atheist podcasts? And I said, no. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that guy last year was saying, you know, you're always attacking us. You're always attacking. And he, he said, why, why do I always see you? you know, your name keeps coming up on, on Christian blogs. Your name keeps coming up in these discussions. And I said, well, because, because unfortunately, people on our side don't want to actually question right. their, their beliefs. And I said, and what does that tell you about them? Are these people really rationalists? So if there are, I don't know if you have much of an atheist uh, um, audience, but if there are any atheists out there who do have podcasts, please, I'd be more than happy to come and talk about this <laughs> stuff on your show. I'm getting a little tired of being of being this guy, the you know, the token atheist who keeps popping up on Christian podcasts and blogs. It's it's actually kind of you know it's actually kind of weird because <laughs> you know, I'm an atheist. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, you know, I I, I appreciate it. I I will I will I, I'll make you a promise now. I will be a uh, a trumpet blower for you. Uh, <laughs> I do have some atheists, and I and I think uh, I, I I'm thinking of a couple atheists who do have. Um, um, some shows that I think would be happy to have you on. I can get you in contact. I I would like to see that happen. Um, you know, I I don't know if you know, I, you I I was probably like Adam to you when I first contacted you about the show just a little bit ago. Um, yeah. but the, if you if you've seen back a couple episodes, you know, I, I had Graham Oppie on the show. Um, there's 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 just there. I like having people like you on. I like having you know intellectually robust people from the other side on um not just because i want you guys to stick it to your own people but also because you know i i do have people that listen to the show that i would like to know you know what there are um smart people on the other side no all the atheists aren't going to tell you that you know jesus is borrowed from mithras <laughs> and you know you know there there are these these balanced views we can have these really good um these really good uh, discussions Let, let's elevate it and bring these types of conversations rather than you know, pitting, uh, I don't know, <laughs> David Fitzgerald against Ken Ham. <laughs> I, I, I don't know the, 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 the right examples. Yeah, but, yeah, so. yeah. Uh, well, that, that would certainly be a, a battle of the dwarves. Um, <laughs> I'd be more than happy to come back on, so I've really enjoyed talking to you, and, and uh, maybe we should we should uh, take up that conversation about the infancy narratives at some point. A- absolutely, some sometime. And uh, thank you for, for coming on the show. I'll make sure um, to, to tell the Pope after this episode to send you send you the checks. Um, thank, thank you. Please. For, thank you for being one of us in hiding. Apparently, <laughs> um, <laughs> before before we wrap up, how can how can my listeners find you if they if they want to uh, read some of your work? Yeah, pro- probably the the two. I've I've actually been you know because I unlike Richard Carrier, I actually have a day job, so I've actually been a little <laughs> slack um, in in updating my blogs. So I, I will be updating my uh, blog history for atheists. Um, I hope sometime reasonably soon. So that's historyforatheist.blogspot.com. And the other blog, as you mentioned before, is Armarium Magnus, um, which you might have to work out the spelling of, uh, which is a book review blog. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that one, that one as well. I'm also very active on Quora. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Quora, but it's a a social media question and answer, um, uh, site. Quora.com and and I'm I'm pretty prominent on that. I'm a uh, one of the top writers and and uh, apparently one of the go-to guys there on topics like this to do with history. Uh, so you, you'll be able to find me find me there. You, you sometimes will bump into me on the internet, and you'll also find lots of new atheists talking about me and saying what a douchebag I am. <laughs> uh, well, we we won't listen to him too much. all right tim thank you so much for coming on and uh we'll have you another time and hopefully uh as uh my listeners hear some of the other podcasts this year in 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 this in this area we'll we'll hear your voice pop up more and more no problem nice talking to you Tyler. have a good day you too thanks tim well thank you again for joining me on this episode of the free thinker podcast as always if you have any questions comments concerns commendations or condemnations feel free to email us at freethinkerpodcast at gmail.com visit the blog at freethinkerpodcast.blogspot.com or visit the freethinkerpodcast group page on facebook good night and god bless